Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome back, fellow dreamers, uh, entrepreneurs. We are so grateful to be with you today in another edition of uh, our Move Forward Anyway podcast. And today, uh, our special guest, Chauncey Houston, all the way from Tennessee, is joining us. I am so grateful to talk to him. It's the first time I've ever talked to him. And uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Chauncey, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing in the world. Uh, My name is Chauncey Houston. I'm 39. I am uh, married to my best friend for 18 years, Heather Houston. And I've been gifted to uh, be the proudest dad in the world of two young boys, Logan and Luke, that are the best gifts I could ever ask for. So, Wow. How old are Logan and Luke? Logan is six years old. He just turned six, and Luke is three. Wow. Yeah. That is full those of energy. Are, those are fun ages, man. <laughs> yes, sir. You have two boys. I have four daughters. So uh wow. it's got a it's a whole different ballgame raising boys, sons than daughters, probably. <laughs> yeah. Don't throw that. Don't do this. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> then we get to laugh and, you know, do the things that we said don't do. So, hey, yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Well, so tell me, tell me a little bit about your, your business adventure um, with Houston's tree service. Uh, tell me, tell me where that started. Tell me, uh, you know, how you got into that line of uh, work and how you decided to do that. Well, my adventure, um, actually I've been in the tree industry for 16 years. I used to manage for my local electric system, uh, here in Jefferson County, um, Appalachian Electric, and then, uh, then advanced after several years to, uh, KUB, which is my, the neighboring electric system. And I managed there for several years and, uh, some things kind of started taking place, you know, towards the end of the, I was a subcontractor, not working directly for the actual electric system. Uh, I actually had a good friend that, that passed away while on the job. I was on vacation and um, I came back and found out that he had died. So um, I'd already had, had desires of wanting to run my own business. Uh, I was faithful and to be found working for and managing uh, the company, uh, that I'd been working for. But after that happened, I thought, well, um, I think it would be, you know, nice to to work on my own, uh, to not to have to have that kind of, uh, you know, burden. So, 
um, I stepped away from uh, the electric system and then went straight into a smaller uh, company. Well, when I worked for that company, that is actually where I ended up having my my accident. And I tell people, you know, the thing that sparked, uh, you know, my the business at True Adventure would be kind of like I I would be Flint, and when I hit the ground, that kind of sparked everything, you know. And mm. uh, you know, I figured, hey, I'm already, you know, literally at rock bottom, so <laughs> there's only up is the way to go. So why not step out in faith and uh, take the step? So um, I've got more that I can say, but I want to be able to you know, to answer your questions and then, uh, we'll just kind of go from there. But yeah, that's kind of where I've been and where I'm at. Yeah. Are you willing to talk more deeply about the accident and, uh, yes, sir. surrounded that? I mean, that is, yes, uh, sir. that's a fascinating story. Sometimes I talk about this with my, the dreamers I help and with my dream accelerator. And sometimes the dream gets sparked, uh, through pain, um, yes. and loss and, uh, so tell me more about the, the accident. Uh, on March the 22nd, 2016, uh, it was a Tuesday morning. Uh, I woke up like I normally would really early. And uh, I typically would, when I wake up, I'm always kind of humming and singing. And on Tuesdays and Fridays, I would actually travel to my church where we had a men's prayer group. Well, that Tuesday morning, I was up, you know, way earlier than what I normally would be to, to get to church. And I kind of hum and sing and worship all the way, you know, to church. I'm in Danner, so I travel all the way to Knoxville. So I have a 45-minute, you know, worship session with, you know, just me and the Lord. Yeah. And then I arrive there at church, and I typically just walk in. There's men already there, just kind of, you know, talking, praying, worshiping. And I always just walk in, kneel down at the uh, altar steps and, I kind of lay out my Bible and then some uh, declarations, things that I declare over myself. And uh, I don't stay there, you know, too long, maybe 30 minutes. And then I had uh, a little alarm that I had set on me from my, uh, my phone uh, was my alarm. And about 30 minutes, I was getting ready to get up to, to walk out to go to church. And uh, I had this strange feeling. Um, I don't know the way I tell people I just, just a knowing. I uh, didn't know what it was, but I had a knowing and I yielded to it. So I knelt back down and said, uh, Father, faith is now and I am now. And I declare that today I will be a part of signs, miracles and wonders. Got up and, you know, said, you know, uh, bye to a lot of the men. And they said, hey, be careful. And I said, yes, sir, always. And walked out and got to work. Well, when I arrived at work, typically in the uh, industry I'm in, you kind of have some rough men that you work with, and it could be that way in any other industry, but I'm, you know, this is with mine. And so I ended up having a conflict with um, the owner as well as uh, one of the co workers. And it was because of the co worker and just the lifestyle. Um, you know, obviously, if someone's walking the straight and narrow and others like to take the curvy path or go off, that kind of obviously is a, always a conflict. So um, we, that actually went to the job site when it got to the job site. Um, you know, I was climbing quite a few trees and I move very, uh, fast. I'm really efficient and uh, I'm always focused on safety, but typically when you have, you know, anger, anger clouds your judgment, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like the clouds blocking the sun. Mm -hmm. And, um, right when I was going to climb the tree that I fell from, it was 90 feet. 
and uh, could be a little bit over, but I don't like to exaggerate. So it was 90 feet in the backyard with a slope and had a deck. And the gentleman that I was working with, he had got me to a point to where uh, I was so frustrated. And, you know, the way I'm talking now is how I spoke with him. And I said, you're going to do something one day to get someone hurt or killed. And when I get down out of this tree, you and I are going to have a conversation. But uh, unfortunately, that conversation wasn't going to be articulating. I was actually going to lay hands, so to yeah, speak. Really, and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, just being very transparent and honest, I was, you know, yeah. going to take out my pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. So I typically hum and sing while I work. But I chose that day to leave my praise or my singing on the ground. Uh, I am fully aware of scripture that he, God says he inhabits the praises of his people. Mm-hmm. Well, I chose to not be inhabited in that moment by taking up instead of praise my anger. And there is a way that seems right to man in the end, it leads to something. And uh, so I suited up and started climbing in my silence. And I was working. And when I'm angry, I work even faster. And obviously, clouded judgment, you know, you don't make good decisions. So. I climbed to the top of the 90-foot tree, uh, tied in a tagline, which is a guideline, which would pull the, the top or the section uh, in the direction that I, I desired, as well as my lifeline, <laughs> literally my main climbing line. And then I descended between 30 and uh, 20 to 30 feet, which would place me between 50 and 60 feet in the top of the tree. Well, I placed my notch really quickly. Um, I'd asked the gentleman also before I climbed, do not distract the young man. There were two. And uh, as I placed the notch, the sun kind of blinded me. I had a full brim uh, safety hat on. And when I was placing my notch, the sun, you know, seemed to, you know, not allow me to have good vision. I tell people that is where I met my first opposition uh, to God gives grace. to the humble and opposes the proud while well, I was standing in pride. But instead of it, you know, that, that was very gentle. It could have been something more abrupt. Um, I chose to, you know, I kicked out and just swung around and hooked in on the opposite side of the tree. So where the sun was now on the back side of me and in a shade, you know, from my cap was shading my face. Uh, to me, that's very symbolic because I chose to stand in something that mm-hmm. I shouldn't and turn my back on you know, God's grace, but, um, Mm -hmm. I then looked down, which would be to my right. And I saw the older gentleman distracting the younger gentleman, but at the same time, I borrowed that offense and chose to stand with a distraction. And as I was looking to my right, I, you know, I just do things, you know, second nature. I'd already had my saw in my, in the back of the tree, which was my final cut. And, uh, Things right then, that's when my life changed. Uh, typically, when the wood fibers start to pop, it sounds just like your finger snapping. And it literally was as though the Lord, and I, in that moment, all time stopped. Time seemed to be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh my God, I'm going to fall. And my anger towards my coworker, it's not going to hurt him at all, but it's getting ready to hurt me and possibly kill me. And what does every child do when they get ready to uh, have an incident or they're hurt? They call out to their father. So I dropped my saw, actually threw it down as quickly as I could, 
And then I just took a deep breath, closed my eyes and yelled out real loud, God help me. And the tree was, you know, I had already in that moment saw myself in the air, but I was still standing. And uh, I don't know how to explain that. I just know yeah. that was obviously, I still believe God's grace. Well, then I waited and let, let the rope grab into my hand and jumped out. My gaps were the only two points of contact in the tree and then just kind of jumped with the tree. Um, I do have a video. The customer, uh, the wife, was actually recording uh, the job. He was a professional photographer and videographer. Well, he just so happened, I don't believe it's by coincidence, he just so happened to have to leave. He was recording everything by GoPro. Well, you know, if you have a GoPro that sometimes it's segmented and you're not able to actually capture everything. Well, his wife just so happened, I believe, divinely, <laughs> uh, get off work to come home. And she had her, I think, three-year-old daughter at the time. And they were sitting on the deck within, in, within the home. And he asked her to record it. You know, this is the information I got, you know, afterwards. But either way, yeah, you see the angle. And uh, I'm in the top of the tree. And next thing you know, pow, and here I come. Well, when the rope hits my hand and I yell out, God help me, um, I had no fear in that moment of falling. I don't know how to explain it. I wasn't afraid of the fall. Um, but a bright light was on my face. And people were like, oh, well, that was the sun. Well, mind you, the sun was on my back. And in Revelations 116, the latter part, it says that his countenance is like the sun shining in all his brilliance, and which is his face. And uh, God's face is like the sun. Well, I knew right then when I called out as a son or a child of God, my father answered me, and that was my answer. So the only way I can explain not having fear was, you know, I was surrounded by, you know, mm. by God. Well, when I hit the ground... Um, I actually didn't fall straight down. I fell at, at a pretty good angle because my rope was still tied in. Um, people actually ask, well, it was an accident. It wasn't an accident. An accident start with an A. Mine was an incident because it was I. I was the one that, in my anger, caused myself to fall. Um, if I had not been distracted, then I would not have taken such a great fall. So it says that... Um, uh, um, in scripture, not only does he give grace to the humble and imposes the proud, but there's a way that seems right to man in the end it leads to death. Well, that death was the the Chauncey that was standing in self-righteousness and anger. And I'm glad that that man is, is dead. Uh, I obviously fell. And when I fell, I somehow was able to rotate because my body was, I was facing more kind of up and then I rotate and I land on my face. So when I land on my face, I hit a limb the size of my thigh. I'm not that big of a man, but I like to think I am. But either way, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh -huh. I bounced off my face, uh, off that limb. And uh, uh, that's how I broke my fall. I tell people, you know, I had a quick flight. And, uh, you know, uh -huh. so other than that, I'm glad I, I try to joke. I'm always kind of humorous until, say, my father is. You know, he's made out of Rubbermaid. I bounced. So, uh, <laughs> but I broke my face um, or fractured it uh, when I landed on the uh, on that limb. But I landed in my final resting position in the praying position. This wrist was mm -hmm. folded underneath, and but I was still uh, in the praying position. Well, that's the position that I was in every Tuesday and Friday morning when I would go to the men's prayer group. So 
God allowed, not caused, me to be married back with the position of prayer or praise because that's what I left on the ground. And that's when he started working. I mean, I know it was even before then, but, you know, it was very evident to uh, to the individuals that were there. A young man, that was his first day on the job, and he saw it from start to finish. Wow. And he yelled uh, right when he had came back around, leaned against the house, and, well, here I come. And he goes, hey, Chauncey fell. Well, a lot of times those kind of men, they like to make jokes and say things like that. So they thought he was joking. They were hiding underneath an actual, uh, you know, limbs of other trees to be blocked from the sun. And they said, no, he's still up there because my saw had been ripped off of my hip, off the lanyard. And uh, that in itself, uh, the strength of that lanyard should have broken my back. But uh, in in short, they were like, no, he's still up there because my saw was still running in the tree. It was hung up in the tree. Well, when they saw me laying down, um, the older and the younger gentleman went to run to me. The older gentleman went to touch me, but the younger gentleman said, don't touch him. Now, both of these men were very ignorant of scripture, not being you know rude or disrespectful in that manner, but uh, they had, I'd only been working for that company at the time for about six months uh, in the process of getting ready to start my own business. And the second day on the job with that company, the younger gentleman, I led to the Lord. Well, I talked to him and discipled him every day and was actually in the process of raising up an intercessor on my behalf when I fell. Well, when they were running, the younger gentleman told the older gentleman, don't touch him. He later told me, Chauncey, it felt like love. I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like when I was running to you, all I could feel was love. And it felt like all I needed to do was kneel down and tap you on your shoulder and whisper your name. So I whispered your name a couple of times. You didn't respond. So then I didn't know what else to do other than what you had done for me. And I said, well, what'd you do for me? And he goes, I prayed for you. His prayer was this simple. He didn't really know. He goes, God, please not Chauncey. And six minutes later, um, after the, you know, 911 was called, the medics arrived six minutes later, which was phenomenal. And they flipped me over and I opened my eyes. I remember the beautiful blue sky, the white clouds, and the gentleman and lady that were beside me. And they were asking me many questions. And, uh, you know, they were removing my clothes and equipment. And uh, I was answering all their questions, but also had one of my own. And it was, did this really happen? Because it felt like a dream. I don't recall any pain. Mm. You know, I just know I had the thought of, you know, in a dream, you even have kind of a startling, like, well, I didn't even have that. I was just laying on my back and I was thinking, wondering, you know, what was going on. And my question was, did this happen? Then the medic said, uh, Mr. Houston, there's been an accident, but you're going to be okay. So I took him at his word and I just knew everything was going to be okay. And my wife was called by the younger gentleman and, she got in, she got the phone call. She said she wasn't afraid or nervous at all and grabbed only her keys and her charger because she knew that she wouldn't be at the, at the hospital long. You know, there's a long description on her uh, if she were to tell it. But uh, in short, she declared. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She has she her declared, own side of the story for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So she declared Psalms 118.17 that I would live and not die to mm. declare the works of the Lord. And she just said that all the way to the hospital. Mm. And I can, you mean, continue with, you know, the. Wow. So, 
so she must have been Heather must have been either have delivered Logan soon thereafter or before if he's six, no uh unfortunately at at the time uh our two boys were adopted oh okay yeah i can very good i can get to that I can get no, to I'm that making this. I'm making assumptions with that. I was like, no, oh, no, that's okay. Putting the math together and like, wow. Yeah. Now he was conceived within our heart and our spirit. It had been something that we've been praying for, but wow. Uh, once I arrived, if you want me to continue, I can. Um, sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's an okay. awesome. It's a. It's an amazing story of uh, of grace and. Uh, yeah, keep going. So you, okay. you made it to the hospital. Well, once I, I arrived at UT Medical Center, and when I arrived there, uh, they did uh, x-rays and CT scan. Uh, my x-rays resulted in I had my face was fractured, and I had a chipped rear molar, um, and I had shattered my, my right upper arm uh, humerus. I had fractured my left ulnar styloid, the little bone on the side, and uh, they had also judged when they arrived i'm only 135 pounds at most and uh, they said i was 180 185 because i had swollen four times so mm. my chest was would be as though i pushed my head down into my shoulder all the way down and then my arm i kind of like fat albert <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah yeah or like i get stung by a lot of bees but uh <laughs> but uh in short uh, the, uh, the CT scan, uh, resulted in, I had, uh, bruised and collapsed lungs, fully bruised and collapsed, uh, grade three liver laceration. There's only five grades. Um, uh, hema, um, uh, a liver, not only my liver lacerated, but, uh, also had, uh, I was listed at high risk for my condition, uh, to worsen. So they were watching me really quickly. And apparently because my lungs were collapsed, I didn't, I don't recall this. I only had a minor concussion, um, but I was making a noise because the air, like out of a balloon, you know, mm -hmm. balloon when you kind of, it makes a noise. So I was going, uh, so they were going to have to intubate me at some point. Well, while I'm laying there, my wife's in there and she's praying over me and my parents arrive. Well, my parents arrived. She actually spoke to, you know, directly to my mom. My mom is a little more outspoken and obviously I'm her, I'm her son or baby and I'm her <laughs> oldest. So That's right. um, she spoke very, very boldly, but in love and said, if you can't speak in faith, then don't speak at all. But this is what we're going to say. You will mm -hmm. live and not die to declare mm -hmm. the works of the Lord. Well, I lay there on my back and with these injuries and my family's coming in, they're just placing their hands on me and everybody's, you know, praying. Well, the gentleman that I had misplaced my anger walks in. Well, when he walks in, I immediately have in my mind um, Mark 11, the latter part of that, where it says, if you stand having any ought or anger against anyone, forgive. And the mountain, well, my mountain was obviously where I had just fallen from. The tree, and, yeah. uh, yes, sir. So oh, I immediately told him, you know, uh, I forgive you you forgive me? And he had tears coming down his face and he was like, Chauncey, I wish this would have happened to anyone but you. I'm sorry. Well, then we just started laughing. Well, as I began, we began to laugh. It kind of felt like, if you ever see the Pepto-Bismol commercial where the pink is coating the stomach? Yeah, it just kind of oozes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. it was more, I tell people it was like liquid light. That's the mm. best way I can explain it. But it was just, I could tell something was happening and everybody was laughing and you know, they're like, well, hey, 
you know, and I, they were also telling me and my family, more my family than me, it was a very dire situation. At 40 feet, there's a 40% mortality rate. And I should have had at the height between 50 and 60 to have had a broken neck, back, or been disemboweled when I hit the ground, you know, split open like a tomato, you know, hitting the ground. Um, after all of those things were kind of taking place and I'd actually, you know, confessed my, you know, forgiveness and had been forgiven by the gentleman, um, you know, I was going in and out of sleep. Uh, not in and out of consciousness. Sometimes people think that I was having, you know, crazy dreams. I wasn't. Um, even though I say this was a dream or a vision, I know it to be true. Well, I went to sleep laying there. While I was laying there, uh, not the home I'm I'm currently in, but the previous home. This was before I had any of my children, my sons. Uh, we had prepared in faith a room for my son, and I would go into that room, into the closet. I have my Bible a CD player and a lamp. And I would, that's where I would spend my time with the Lord. Well, in that moment, I'm actually, I'm in the hospital and I'm having this vision. I can feel the tan carpet soft walking underneath my feet. The The room was painted a particular way, but the, with the door, I would always, uh, go, the closet I'd walk into had a white door and a gold door handle. I felt it in my hand and everything I was kind of, you know, shocked that I didn't have the other items that I would normally have in my hand because I always had them. Well, when I recall shutting the door, literally seeing the light being closed out, I turned to my right and a man's face appears out of the dark. And I immediately knew that it was Jesus. He is a beautiful man, you know, brown hair, a beard. And scripture says his eyes are as flames of fire and his eyes are beautiful blue. That's my favorite color. Mm. And, um, you know, blue is a, you know, very, burning i believe a very passion you know it shows the passion of him but he smiled i didn't see his teeth but when he smiled i felt like sitting in the sun like you'd say on a cool day and you can sit in the window and you can just bask in the sun that's what it felt like on the outside but also on the inside of me and i smiled back well when i smiled back at him <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> every time i recall him smiling at me <clears throat> you know when anybody has someone that that loves them especially a father it lets you uh you can feel you know yeah. but it, it isn't just the feeling of love it's of healing and wholeness and, and of everything mm. and uh all encompassing mm. well i recall opening the door in that vision which i know is real um, I can't make it real for someone, but it was for me. And um, as I open the door, I still see the carpet, still see my son's room, but also see my wife standing next to me and the white tile, the white tile floor. And I'll go, honey, I just saw Jesus. She says, okay, and taps me. And uh, throughout that process, you know, many of the doctors and nurses are coming in and I actually pray for, uh, they sent in, um, a chaplain and the chaplain uh, I, I thought he was a, a family member so i said hey you doing? what can i pray for you about and he's like well i'm here to pray for you so i actually <laughs> pray for him and then he prays for me and then he tells me well i'm going to use this in my next you know message and they take me out and do some more scans and x-rays and i wasn't supposed to have any kind of surgeries 
until the following day because my situation was pretty dire. Uh, one of my siblings uh, put his hands on me and said that he believed that the Lord wanted him to pray over me. And he started, you know, weeping, crying and, and declaring God's goodness. And uh, so they then took me out. And when they took me out, my wife had received a phone call and someone had said to her that they believed that the word of God came from uh, came to them to give to my wife to say pneuma, like you'd say pneumonia, which means breath, that the pneuma breath of God was going to inflate my lungs. Well, she was unaware, but yet in faith. And I was in agreement as I was brought back. You know, my lungs had already inflated on their own. Now, my face had healed within one hour. Um, I had bypassed that, but my face had healed within one hour because I had a maxillofacial facial surgeons that had came in and had told, you know, told me that, uh, you know, they had pressed on my face and asked, you know, if I'd had any facial fractures before. And I said, no, sir, this is never, this should have never happened. And they said, well, we don't know how to explain this, but in my medical record, it was going to say recent because it had just happened recent, but old fractures healed. And they tapped me on my leg and said, congratulations, son, you're not going to have to have facial surgery. And, you know, it was just moments of rejoicing. Well, then I'm taken out and brought back. And um, they said, hey, everything is looking good. Typically, a liver takes six weeks to heal. And mine had stopped bleeding and appeared to be, according to those scans, to be, you know, healing or healed. So they went ahead and prepped me for surgery. Well, as I was laying there, I just looked at my left wrist because it was real big. And I never said anything out loud, which is what shocks me. I was thinking, man, this looks really messed up. I don't want to have surgery on it. I kiss my wife. You know, she kisses me and tells me she loves me and she'll be praying for me. And then I have another vision of my pastor. And um, my pastor speaks to me. He had a black suit on with a white button up, didn't have a tie. He normally wears glasses. He didn't have glasses. And he never even moved his mouth. I heard him speak. And he said, Matthew 6.31 and then Proverbs 23.7. And he says, Chauncey, take no thought, sing. But whatever you think within your heart, so are you. And my response was, I'm whole. That was all that I said. And uh, as I was brought back in from surgery, they, uh, they, the doctor had told me that they did not have to do surgery on my left wrist because it looked to be healing well enough on its own and that they only put a plate and some screws in my right arm and that uh, they were actually looking at giving me discharge papers, but were kind of scrambling because um, they had had a man, I think on the prior floor, he had fallen 10 feet out of the tree and been really badly injured. And uh, I believe, unfortunately, the, the gentleman didn't make it. But uh, I had fallen, obviously, 60 feet, um, and they were calling me the rock star of ICU recovery. Oh, and they man. were doctors and nurses and just random people were looking in the room to say, like, hey, this is a guy. He's in there talking and, and everything. Well, um, throughout this process, I'm actually praying for, you know, the staff, every nurse that comes in to talk to me. And um, I'm laying there, and it's just the first day. And uh, they bring in some uh, physical therapists, see if I want to move. And I said, yes, I'd like to raise my hand and praise the Lord. So they sit me on the edge of my bed and I sit up and my wife is recording. So I kind of my right arm is, you know, just in a sling 
And my left arm, I kind of raise up and I looked over my wife and I go, praise the Lord. And uh, then I stand up and I start kind of walking and they're trying to tell me to slow down. My mind is thinking, oh, my legs are working. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I'm not that bad broke up. Yeah. <laughs> and then before they say, okay, we need to make you stop and sit down. I say, uh, well, let me let me do some squats first. I want to make sure my, my knees are okay. Oh. And they're like, huh? So I kind of, I do two squats <laughs> and my third squat, I get ready to get off balance. And I kind of bounce and they're like, okay, 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 that's enough. They wanted, so they, you back in, they wanted you I back know. in that bed pronto, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, yes, sir. So there's quite there's quite a bit of uh, of a lot of detail. I'm trying to concise, you know, make it really yeah. concise. Well, but the, only you can know that detail. I mean, you you live through that. I um, it's fascinating to me because I had a moment uh, two weeks before my wedding where I was helping my future father-in-law. Uh, get scaffolding down from the side of his house and he fell 30 feet and he mm. didn't listen to me. He fell 30 feet, <laughs> yeah. bounced off the house next to us, fell down on the air conditioning unit and dropped right mm. on my feet. And then a scaffolding came down and stuck three inches from his head. And he looked oh, up at wow. me and he was just as pale as you can imagine. And I thought he was gone. Um, so I, I watched a, a mm. significant fall. And I, then he went to the hospital and I don't want to get into the whole story, but when you're telling this story, I'm thinking it was, it was an, it was an absolute miracle that he survived, that he didn't break his neck, that, uh, you know, 30 feet. uh, That's just, you don't, you don't survive that. And when you're telling me 50 to 60 feet, um, it's, it's an amazing, amazing story. And what's also amazing to me is, and we, Praise God for that, right? right? What's amazing to me is knowing that after that happened, you still decided to start a business <laughs> to climb and fix trees. I mean, why didn't you? I fell right into it, you know? <laughs> why, you fell right into it. Why didn't you find yeah. a business that was a little safer, a little more grounded, if you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, that is. My ground is at the top of the tree. My wife says I'm a branch manager. So, hey, you know, yeah. you know, you my are. money grows up. My money grows on trees. So, oh, my but God, um, when I, the, the way that I'm actually, when I was younger as a kid, I used to climb trees to get away from the issues that I was dealing with. And it was an insecurity, but my insecurity throughout my life has now became my great insecurity. So God has a way of using those things that are that have been a pain, you know, and you have to choose to move forward anyways. So but yeah. some people who stay stagnant, kind of like a pawn, I mean it's like, you know, it's septic and it's nasty. So you have to stay moving and flowing to stay fresh. Whoa. So I realize that insecurity has become a great security, but it is not without faith you know my faith Mm. is you know obstacles are the fearful things that are before you but then you choose instead of looking at that obstacle as something to keep you down and within in light of scripture and in my faith with christ my father it is a stepping stool to elevate me above all the all the issues you know when i'm up in the trees you know reading scripture i realize it says that the trees praise and clap their hands Mm-hmm. It makes you think that, but in a storm, if you realize it sounds like the trees yeah. when the leaves are slapping 
and they are always prostrate. So they're always, they, this is, you know, botanically speaking, they always grow towards the sun. The sun always feeds them. Well, if we were to stand prostrate before the Lord, always our branches, or our arms spread up and looking to be fed by the sun. You know, if I spend a lot of time in the sun, I get a tan. <laughs> I'm a little browner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I will reflect, I will reflect my father. So I would hope that when people see me, they're like, man, you've been spending time, you've been, spending, sun, time you've been spending time with Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's it. So, wow. But I, I just want to be with the trees, praising God, because I'm in the trees, whether the wind's blowing, whether it's snowing, raining, I just love, you know, and I'm, I'm still singing and, and I pray all the time. And I mean, there's a lot of greatness, but yeah, I chose uh to go into it because I, I did know this. If I would have not, I went right back to work four months after I had fallen. I would have went back three. Uh, I mean, I walked out of the hospital in two days, went, started doing my therapy two weeks, you know, right after that. And they thought I was three months out because of my recovery. Then I went right. I committed my, I'm a man of my word. So I committed my six, my, my word to go back for the, to the man and, finish out the period of time that I did. And then when I left him, I then took that leap of faith and started mm-hmm. my business. I did everything legally that I needed to, to get started. And then it was just, Hey, you got to put, you know, my hands and feet to it. And I just mm-hmm. believe that, you know, God does, he does want us to work. And it says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all unto the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. So I work not under men, but I would do yeah. work sometimes for men. But, well, I, can but see that, God, I can see that in your, uh, your, I got a, a marketing piece from you. Um, I can see that you you're you're witnessing to that right out of the gates with your business. Um, yes, yes. So let's let's talk a little bit about the start of the business. Um, you you had to. I mean, there had to be moments of fear and moments of wondering if it's going to work. Um, how did you? How did you just? decide that you're going to move forward anyway, even in spite of those hesitations being on your own. Well, like I said, when I fell like Clint and was struck on the ground, I mean, that's, you know, when something's dry and, you know, you start that, it's like, well, there's a fire going. So something's going to be burned up. So I would rather be, you know, like the bush burning in front of Moses and Instead of being, you know, consumed, I was burning in that fire. And my wife says she believes I have the gift of faith. Like I, I really just don't have the the fear of, you know, if I don't succeed. Um, she she would bring me some of those concerns, but you know, I thought, hey, since I fell, I'm at rock bottom. There's nowhere nowhere else to go but up, you know. So, um, but I, we did. We drew out everything, and I knew what we would need to be able to you know, not just survive, but live. But I know that God says in his word, he takes delight in the prosperity of his servants. So we wanted to, I wanted to prosper in that, which I did, but then also I chose to be a tree surgeon to solve a problem. People have issues with, you know, the fear, you know, the fear would be not so much for me, but the fear for, you know, well, if this falls, it's going to destroy my, my, my home. My yeah. kill my kids or my yeah. husband and wife. So, and that solving of the issue for me, not having to work for someone. Now, I did enjoy, I've always enjoyed climbing and working. I like to work hard, sometimes too much, but you know, hey, you know, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh in other than just um you know laying out the plan my wife and i agreed with this this is what we believe god wanted us to do if we build god's church the kingdom of god he will build our home our future and everything else so we vowed that everything that we got that was all increase we would give the 10th percent 10 percent of that the tithe which is the 10th to god and god would bless the 90 and in blessing that 90 whatever we needed for my work that god would use that my wife also said that i am bivocational she says well you just you just do tree work so you can have an excuse to talk about the lord so i do <laughs> you know i don't really think it's it's bivocation i am one vocation i am working for the lord so my pulpit is the top of a tree yeah. So, you know, and I sing it out loud and praise like the trees do. So, wow. Wow. That is, that is amazing. Why, why were you not content? You were already thinking about going out on your own before the fall. Mm-hmm. Why, why did you, why were you not content to work for someone else? I was always, I've always been a leader. Um, I like to lead. I, I'm a good follower. You know, I mean, I, I follow, you know, my coaches growing up. I follow business owners and bosses. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like to learn a whole lot of stuff. And I just figured, you know what, this isn't that that difficult. And, and I got a bachelor's in biology from Carson Newman. So I took field botany and I was really God would speak to me in different ways. And I would just listen. And my, you know, I I'm glad you say content. I wasn't, I don't, I don't like complacency, but uh, content. Um, I was content in the moment, but still had a burning desire on the inside to work for myself, to set my schedule. So I didn't have to get up when it was early to kiss my wife and not know if I would come back home. I mean, it could be the same as if I'm working on my own, but I'm setting my own schedule, looking at the, you know, the own hazards and the issues of the job itself. And then now having children, you know, I, I don't want to have my hands, my life in the hands of other individuals. Um, sometimes, you know, there's folks that kind of take things to um, not have a sober mind. So I would just choose to, I like to be sober minded, you know, mm-hmm. and I just choose to, to be think very clearly. And the, my job occupation is, you know, in the top 10 most dangerous jobs. And I used to work yeah. around, you know, high voltage. But I mean, the higher I get, the more dangerous the job is. I have a great peace that comes over me. I don't know how to explain it, but, uh, hmm. you know, I, that was, that is my desire, you know, and it has yeah. been. And I believe that when you commit your ways to the Lord, what scripture says, he will make you successful, your plan successful. So in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps and God has discerned my steps. I believe that I was found faithful with the little things of managing the the many men and all the equipment mm-hmm. and you know i don't think it it would seem it's not much more because it's just i'm a sole proprietor and i work with other contractors but it is a lot more and i mean i treat people's homes as if it were mine and uh and better you know I yeah. just, some people don't really treat everything even in their own homes that great so but i do and i i, I pride myself in serving with excellence you know if you hired me yeah you would be paying me but I ultimately believe I'm working for the Lord because he gave, put it on your heart to speak to me. And Hey, I am the answer to your. He's entrusted this work to you uh, from the benefit of others. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
fascinating. So um, the listeners to this podcast, people that are thinking about going out on their own, maybe hesitant to do that. Maybe it's scary for them. Maybe they don't have the level of faith or the the gift of faith that you have. They're um, maybe not so quick to pull the trigger. They've been thinking about it for years. What would you like to say to them? What would you like to say to them to encourage them in their journey? I would kind of think that stepping out in faith would be like going to a theme park. You get on when you you get that ticket, you walk in, you see this big ride, and it already brings this level of excitement and, oh, no, or, oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I would rather when you get on that thing and you hear the tick, 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 and then, you know, sometimes you'll be up and you get that excitement and get the scream, yeah. And then when you hit the bottom, you know, the bottom is very short-lived. You know, especially if you if you have your if you write out your vision and make it plain. Scripture mm-hmm. says the reason why people perish is because they don't have a vision. So you simply write it out. Everyone that has ever been successful in life has every always written it out. I mean, we have a, a Bible of that. Yeah. So and, and and words inspired. So I believe God still inspires men and women of God when they read God's word. It becomes still alive, and then when they write a vision inspired by God, whether it is their dream. God still wants to use, I'm, I'm a light in the world. And sometimes yet the sun's out, people are in darkness and, you know, I bring about, you know, light. I mean, I'm a very happy, jovial kind of person. And I just like to make people laugh. But at the same time, you know, uh, I realize there's, there's down moments. So in business, you know, mm-hmm. like a roller coaster, you're going to have your ups and downs, but scripture also says he'll bring the mountains low and the valleys high. So at mm-hmm. some point we'll all be, walking on a level ground and uh you just got to be wise you got to write out you know not only what you want but then realize okay this is my budget can't spend more than you make yeah you know there's a plan to get there and seek out wise counsel i mean i ask many business owners that i i know as friends Mm -hmm. and ask for their counsel and then ask for their agreement and prayer and then I stepped out in faith and scripture says, let peace be your final umpire or mm. umpire or guide. So if I went to go do something and I was troubled, you know, I realized like, oh, that may not be the Lord in this. And, you know, I've still learned the hard way. But good thing is a righteous man will fall seven times, which I believe that I am right standing with God. But every time the Lord helps him up and God has never failed to help me up, even with my great fall. <laughs> Well, I hope you never have one of those falls ever again. Yeah. That, that, that's for sure. Let's keep them. Let's keep them closer to the ground, brother. Wow, that's so great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, where can people get in touch with you? Learn more about your business, especially those of you who are listening that need tree work. I mean, where can they find out about your what you offer and what you do? Well, I don't do social media. I never have. Uh, mine is just by word of mouth. So you can contact me at 865-712-0804. That's my business uh, contact. And, you know, I've traveled all the way to Kentucky, you know, so to do jobs because, you know, people can't be found and I'm willing to help solve a issue or fear to bring peace and a resolution. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you. Chauncey, it's a joy to meet you. I hope we can meet face to face one day. Yes, sir. Uh, but if not, it's it's good to know that there are people um, following Jesus wherever he leads and shining the light. I appreciate your story, the vulnerability and sharing it today. I hope that it's a blessing to many, many people. Um, 
blessings to Heather and to Logan and Luke and yes, to your family, your household, that it would continue to flourish in every way. Yes, sir. Well, we, I bless you and thank you for the opportunity to share of God's goodness in my life. So, Thank you so much, brother. Have a great day. Yes, sir. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.